Welcome into the DNVR Gaming Podcast presented by WGT Golf, the most realistic free golf game loved by more than 20 million players around the world. Remember, you can play closest to the hole or full stroke play on world famous golf courses, including Pebble Beach, Bethpage, Black, St. Andrews, and more. You can challenge any one of us just about any time. We've got weekly weekend tournaments. Uh, which neither AJ or I finished last in, and both of us were very excited about not finishing last this past Sunday. Go team! (laughs) How'd you do in the turn? I finished mid-pack. I I felt okay about it. Uh, I was doing well and kind of blew it at the end, but every time I go into that game, I think I'm going to be Tiger or Phil, and I end up being Brady or Manning, so... (laughs) Brady or Manning, isn't that a... Those are football people. Yeah, yeah. They are, but they're they're doing that big thing this weekend with the four of them. Yeah. It, it, I don't even know the team. It's Tiger and Manning, right? And then it's Phil and Brady. I'm pretty sure those are the teams. You but, already know more about it than I, I do outside say, of it oh, existing. They talked about it on the DNBA show, and apparently it's best ball. And they brought up a good point of like, isn't every single best ball just going to be Tiger and Phil's balls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. The chances, uh, like one of the non-golfers. Yeah. Like Manning and Brady, you're just going to get to play. <laughs> it's just like a round of televised golf for them. <laughs> out. Oh man. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of it, but yeah, the, the closest to the hole, I thought I was ready. I thought this was going to be my thing because I got no short game. Uh, but the, the challenge of the courses and, and the water hazards, I was flying through it. My first three or four four holes, I was doing great. I hit the ball into the water, dead. Yeah. <laughs> Just done. Yeah, I stuck the green on hole number one and was like, let's roll. And then it went <laughs> downhill immediately. By the third hole, I was already like 40 or so yards short <laughs> of the leader and was like, Oh boy, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Patrick Lyons out there just doing stuff. Yeah, he's just, a beast. He's so good at the weirdest stuff, dude. I know, and that he's good at a video game particularly bothers me, actually, <laughs> <laughs> because he's not a gamer. Yeah, uh, he's just. But you know, but that's the roll. great thing about games like WGT and mobile games, man. Is that yeah. even if you're not a gamer, they are fun and they are easy to get into and they do appeal to you. Exactly. A lot of people, not I or anyone on this podcast, apparently have a knack for those type of games too. So we'll keep trying to get better. We'll see you out there on the courses next weekend. Remember to challenge any one of us. If you want a real challenge, challenge Patrick Lyons. If you want one, you can win. Go after me or AJ. Uh, find us on the the Discord in the lounge. Uh, or just in the uh, country club. Join the country club, the DNVR country club. Make sure you find us. So we've really got one. Well, we don't know, actually, if we have one or two big topics. <laughs> Which one? Uh, let's let's go with what we were talking about because it's been sort of the thing of the day. Um which is Mount Rushmore's. We talked about it in each individual sport. We just did the Denver sports podcast where we talked about it across all the sports, but this gets to be completely separate from that. And a conversation that probably none of us have had already on a podcast before in some measure. And that is thinking about Mount Rushmore's for video games. Um, Before we came on, we were saying, 
there's a lot of different ways you could look at this. You could try to do like a Mount Rushmore for each individual genre, which I feel like would be far more democratic and and create for much less. You'd end up with more people on Mount Rushmore than presidents at that point. It'd be. <laughs> I mean, you could get how how broad a genre. I mean, you could get pretty right if you just did like RPG action fighting. Racing, you're already, you're already up to yeah. sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, but the question I was posing right before we came on that made us decide to talk about it was: Could we come up with a Mount Rushmore in terms of video game franchises in the history of the industry? The four best and or most important franchises in the history of gaming. I think there's maybe one or two, one I can think of that's a slam dunk. There's one super ultra mega megalock, right? I, like, think there, I, I honestly had three come to mind immediately, and it's the fourth one where I've really struggled. You're also a huge Nintendo guy, and I'm going to guess that all three of them are Nintendo? No. Okay. Not necessarily. Uh, okay. Well, I have um, well, two two in mind that I think are Nintendo properties that honestly just have to be there. Well, and I, I have Mario and Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I would yeah. have both as well. Yeah, um, and then the third one that I had was Final Fantasy. Yeah, I think that I think all of those are fair. I, if you don't put Mario on, you're just wrong. I mean, there's no right. You can't. <laughs> gaming wouldn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Were it not for the success of 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 Mario and and I mean, you look at you even look across and and look at, at platformers and three and like the advent of three D games and Mario has among the best iterations of all of them. Yeah, yep. yeah. I I think Mario is the easiest slam dunk here. You just can't tell the story of video games without telling the story of Mario and, and, and that whole situation. Ouroboros coming in with uh, Zelda, Final Fantasy, Mario, and Pokemon is an interesting addition to the conversation. I don't think it, it makes it there for me if you're going on pure sales and stuff. Uh, there's certainly an argument to be made that it's... I guess uh, that's the other question is how do you... How do what you base is the best this? of all time? You know, are we basing it on sales numbers? Are we basing it on impact? Are we basing it on just the raw ceiling in terms of how great some of the games actually were? A little because, bit of everything, maybe. Yeah, you know, and then and then kind of the same way that we do with athletes: longevity, peak, impact. Did they win championships? <laughs> <laughs> They win the game of the year awards or whatever, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Or, or, or even like, I, yeah, how are you viewed historically, I, I guess, is yeah. the general consensus about your greatness. So, yeah, I guess I'm not totally surprised that I don't have to, you know, make the argument for my franchise in there that you both had it. No, I mean, RPGs, like the way that we play RPGs. It, it revolutionized it, basically. Like, well, and like Final Fantasy was at the forefront of it for two decades. Yeah, right. Like it may not be we. You may not be like if they announce Final Fantasy what sixteen now. That would be nice. tomorrow. Yeah, like the gaming world wouldn't be like, 
woo, 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 woo. You know, like it wouldn't go crazy. Its fans would be excited. And then there would be a lot of people like myself who haven't played Final Fantasy for years now who would be like, cool, like maybe I'll check it out. We'll see. But like it's its legacy is in that there were there were you could I mean I would say there were ten games that were just among Dynamite, the, yeah. Among yeah. the very best of an entire genre where it just it consistently redefined and mastered what that genre was. And RPGs are Pretty much everything is an RPG, like, right? Like among among the most most played games that exist, you know, over the last, I think gaming over the last twenty years has probably shifted to where we we see FPS is like hardcore took over the market. Just FPS just started bombarding the mar- the market, and then you know, kind of these like open world type of games started coming out and final fantasy was like the buildup to a lot of that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm there for it. I think it's interesting. Cause I said the thing about, you know, you can't tell the history of video games without telling the story of Mario. Yeah. Um, I've seen a number of, video game documentaries that do exactly that without ever mentioning Final Fantasy. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, Some of the stuff that they will talk about are some other franchises that I think belong in the conversation. Um, Halo gets brought up, of course. Call of Duty is going to come up, of course. I wondered where Halo would come into this. Uh, Doom in the early days, certainly. Doom just doesn't make it there for me. As a full franchise, I can't put it there, but it's yeah. The Halo is very, very, very interesting in this one. Um, well, I think I, I really I have Halo right there with Pokemon, where it's like I I have Halo on it over Pokemon, legitimately. If, so if we have like a second wave of like a second Mount Rushmore, I might be you might be able to talk me into Halo. I would certainly have Pokemon on there um, because the thing with Pokemon for me is that it was it transcended gaming. Mm-hmm. It became such a cultural icon. I mean, it had a long-running TV show. We had what multiple See, Pokemon I, movies. These are almost retractors to me of its gaming status. And well, and just like we're well, we're talking gaming franchises as the Mount Rushmore, and the Pokemon franchise went beyond just games and became like part of a cultural zeitgeist. It, it yeah. It, and like you look at you look at Mario and Mario kind of kind of did the same thing, not not in the, not, same, not way. the same not in yeah. the same way definitely. Just because the way that like you can't collect Mario, you know, like right. collecting stuff was sort of the point of Pokemon. Well, and yeah, Pokemon is just so unique in that regard. It's not a platformer. It doesn't really feel like an RPG, even though that's really what it is. Yeah. Um, it, it has that collection aspect of it and there's nothing quite, I mean, there was Digimon back in the day, but you're wrong <laughs> if you like Digimon better. <laughs> so, but that's, that's, I think that's a feather in its cap is that it is yeah. unique. It does yeah. stand alone and that it hasn't had to greatly innovate. As much as everybody loved Pokemon Snap, it hasn't had to greatly innovate its basic formula 
uh, over the years in order to continue to be at the top, to be yeah, that's and, true. And, and there really hasn't been. And when you talk, when you talk about it against Halo, that's where I think it smokes Halo, because Halo obviously had a massive cultural impact, but its biggest impact on gaming, my big, its biggest impact on gaming was that it brought PC shooters. It brought PC shooters to the consoles, and then yeah. it brought the multiplayer experience that FPS had on PC for. I mean, forever. Halo I mean, between single-handedly created the console wars, basically. Right. Like Halo, Halo, I think is interesting because I've been so Master Chief Collection is is slowly being released on PC, so I've been replaying those games. And let me tell you guys, like Halo One's bad. Like it's it's campaign is like the story is the, the the campaign is like the story is fine. It's Thanks, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed re-experiencing it because it's gotten it's gone so many different directions over the. And it's it's hard to remember too the the revolutionary aspect of the gameplay. It's like going back and listening to some of the first times that Jimi Hendrix was messing around with feedback. Like you go back and listen to some of that early. It's not pleasant to listen to, but he was figuring out a new thing. So I feel like Halo One in that way, like. I, I do get a little bit sent. Like I, I don't want to get revisionist about like how important it was. No, that that game worked. I've and- looked into this a lot with Halo. Actually, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. No, am I wrong? But- no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you're 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 exactly on the right track. Except for they did multiple things very right in Halo. The two specific ones. Number one. They were one of the very first games to introduce regenerating health. Now, in Halo, it was a shield, and you had health beyond that. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but the entire FPS genre followed suit with that going forward. That's because FPS players are fucking bad. I agree. (laughs) I'm 100% with you, and I much preferred permanent health, but they set a standard in the medium, which is the type of thing I look at when you're putting something on a Mount Rushmore. And they had that, and then the other thing that they developed, they called it Kung Fu, uh, which is AI coding for their opponents where they could put a billion opponents on the map and code the programming to where only a couple of them would attack you at a time. So it felt like you were fighting an army, but you wouldn't get overwhelmed. So from a technical standpoint in innovation in the FPS genre, I think they stand apart by a significant margin. I (laughs) Regenerating health is like such a small... It's like it'd be like giving credit to the first ever game that was like, oh, you don't take fall damage. Like it it makes a difference when you play it and it changes how you play the game. But it's just like a small tweak to a much bigger formula. So it is credit, and but it's just not they were also and this'll be a, a hot topic for many PC gamers, but they were one of the innovators with console aim assist. Uh, if you remember playing the very old Call of Duty games before Halo, aiming was freaking hard. Yeah, and well, Halo that's why aim assist. It's why it's why you also see, um, you know, like Counter Strike stands out. Yep, 
because right? that like, game is all about aim. Like, right. Like you have to legitimately just be good. Yeah. And so what what you're giving credit for for Halo is making life easier on gamers. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. It it created I just, an atmosphere of a mass casual gameplay of the FPS genre. Well, and and then where it really where it, I think it really uh, the multiplayer is really where it. Just, oh, yeah. Halo yeah, 2's like, multiplayer is maybe the greatest multiplayer game of it's all like, time. It's it's iconic in its own way because it just like you said it just brought it brought it to the masses. Everybody had a console, everybody had an Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. And anybody who didn't went and got one so that they could play Halo Two because every single one of their friends was doing it. I went yep. and borrowed my friend's Xbox because I was talking trash about first person shooters because I was an RPG guy. I was like, oh, you don't like first person shooters? Play this. I will lend you my Xbox for two months. Play this game. I became a huge Halo fan. Yep, massive. Yeah, that's and that's literally what that game did. That's where Halo. That's where you make the argument of Halo as a as, of its cultural impact. Yeah, was right. that it changed how multiplayer games and matchmaking and it it totally revolutionized that aspect of console gaming. It made online gaming with your friends the thing that you had to do because after that, you know, before that, co op gaming, playing online with your friends, it was tough. Like you um, had to, it, it was hard to find those types of experiences. And after that, you go on to like you go on to Cooptimus right now, which is just a, a a website dedicated to co-op games that you can play. And there's just endless games. Automatic like, matchmaking was legitimately mind blowing in the, at yeah. the time. Like well, and the like the ranked way that they did it, yeah. where you had a level and yep. they put you with those people, and it and it meant that you were playing competitive games more often than not. Yep. And and it, it meant that if you got really good, then you had to work your way to being really good. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome, man. And like, and I'll throw one more thing. I don't think that the Halo franchise gets enough credit for popularizing quality storytelling in shooter games. Before Halo, it was pretty much, I mean, there were a handful, but you could say the genre mostly didn't care about telling you a story. Here's your gun. Those are the bad guys. Go kill them. Um, and that was, I mean, there were, there may have been exceptions to the rule. I would, I think I would disagree with that. Really? I mean, what are, what are the first person shooters? Well, I think, I, I think that it's just kind of, de- it's just sort of dependent on the franchise. And I'd have to go back and look at exact timelines because I'm not 100% sure when things were coming out. But like, like Rudo had mentioned earlier, like the early Call of Duty games, those all had really in-depth campaigns. I I can't so, tell you which came out. I the, don't know what came out first. Or I guess in my mind those games. came out after. But the yeah. thing about the early Call of Duty games is they pulled from real-life conflicts. And right. after well, and Halo, like, they moved into modern warfare and well, original that, stories. You guys remember, though, yeah. the early 2000s, Every single FPS coming out was made during World War II. Yeah, World right. War II. This World War II. All that. you <laughs> did was kill Nazis. Yeah. Right. All you did, like every every one of us in this generation Halo. of gamers, has killed more Nazis mm-hmm. than anybody IRL ever ever came close to. Yep. I remember when Medal of Honor was better than Call of Duty. Oh, right. Exactly. Well, and yeah. like Medal of Oh man, I got. I got dunked on in Medal of Honor so hard one time. Sure. I went to, I went to snipe one of my friends and I opened up the scope just in time to see the rocket <laughs> come right at me and it became and it bloomed and it became like the iconic Medal of Honor moment in my life. Dust It was it was uh, until until I got really good at Halo and could stomp all those nerds, that was like our FPS story. 
But anyway, that's that's kind of what I mean though. Like, yeah, they might have they might have pulled from real events, but I don't I don't know that it was I don't I don't I just don't I don't know how much credit to give Halo in that regard. In the taking thought, taking the storytelling, I'm I that would be something I would want to go back and, and look deeper at. But yeah, I'm not sure about that. I can't say in terms of the timeline. I guess all I can say is yeah. in terms of the quality of telling a story, a really good one, not just like a. Well, it had it had a great story. It had good gunplay, and Halo it had amazing story Was a great story. I don't know. I don't know. I literally don't know any other Halo, and I'm going to leave. Things it went off the rails after the, the I, original trilogy, but yeah, that's yeah. What I've heard. Even 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 three was kind of. I liked well, three. Three was like we it need to make little... an entire video game because we cut too short. But <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah, and and then like to the finish the fight and yeah, you yeah. Know, like it it really set up for incredibly easy marketing where I think they were told to do that. I like think it, yeah, because at that point they were fully integrated with Microsoft and yeah. And of I course, love the end of two, though. I love the the. I didn't mind the cliffhanger at all. Style end of it, just like oh, um, okay. So it looks like we've got sort of. I think right now Halo and Pokemon are our, be- our best arguments made for that fourth spot. But there are a few others. I tried to get as a reference here. I just googled something and I brought up a list from Maxim, and now I'm personally offended, and I'm not sure how I'm going to finish out my day. I should never have looked at this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I should share it with you so that you can be as angry as I am or what to do here. Uh, but it did illuminate a couple of other interesting questions I want to have. Is Smash Bros. a different franchise from Mario altogether, and how do we feel about that? Yeah, def- it definitely it's is. Thing, for sure. It's its, own, it's its own franchise for sure, but I don't... It's not making the Mount Rushmore for me, yeah. It's not It's not for me either, uh, because you, you can ask... Go to the fighting game community and ask what their favorite fighter is, and you'll get a million different Six answers. different answers, yeah. Right. And, and I think that... I, I maybe not even favorite fighter, but like best fighter. I think that is telling. Like I that Smash Bros. Right. may There's not a, even be in the top five of the fighting Mount Rushmore. Might not even exactly make it. like yeah. I, well, I think if you made a, a fighting game Mount Rushmore, it would have to be on there because it's just been too important culturally. It has to be. There's also a weird, there is like a cultural like battle there where there are certain fighting game fans, back to our what genres or what, who just despise that Smash Bros. even is counted as a fighting game. I've had yeah. Because I love Smash Bros, but I also love Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and shit. Yeah, like, same. Well, I love uh, the uh, the Injustice games. Sure, yeah, those, those are fun. So fun, man. Yeah, it's never Tekken. No, no one uh, ever likes Tekken. No, I, Tekken I mean, I like, like Tekken. I like Tekken Tag Tournament. Might have been my favorite fighter of all time. Actually, the original Tekken Tag back before tagging in and out was normal. Like, there's, there's like Marvel versus Capcom. Like, that's a totally different style. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, Blaze Blue, totally so different style. What? The Dragon, Wait, the, the the Dragon Ball Dragon Z Ball fighter Z. that came out. You I know, really the, like the DBZ ones, actually. Uh, Dead or, the Dead or Alive series from way back in the day when yep. it was all about when it girls. wasn't volleyball. Yeah, yeah, Virtual right. Fighter, baby. Yeah, what? Virtual Fighter, Tekken. Like there are a lot of great fighting franchises. Yeah, and that's kind of my point with why I would not have Smash Bros on my Mount Rushmore of gaming. Yeah. Right. Um. 
one one franchise that I would I I think I I would say probably won't make it because they stopped making games. But <laughs> I do I do want to at least mention here is Half Life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there were three or four more games in that franchise, it, it right? It's and super duper revolutionary for its time, right? Right, but, like completely. Had a had a massive impact on how games got made, yep. And the storytelling was incredible, even for its time. It was out of this world. Even you go back today and you play it, and you're like, "Wow, this is really good." Yep. Yeah. Like I, I you were going Mass Effect there. No, Mass Effect doesn't make the Mount Rushmore. No, Mass. Look, Mass Effect. Mass Effect had its impact. I I honestly have Mass Effect and Halo kind of similar because they had their impacts. They helped change gaming in their own ways. They were wildly popular, but I don't think that they innovated enough to be on my Mount Rushmore. I don't think that they are. You talk about the greatest FPS of of all times. I don't know that any of the Halos make it in a top five list because like Halo 2, we talk about the multiplayer. Halo 1 you talk about very specific things, but as all together games, I don't think any of the Halo games make it in a I in a top top FPS. I do too, dude. Hey, come on, I know, Halo, I know. Halo Two is like, yeah. But I, mean, I don't I, have the I, I don't have the breadth of knowledge in the genre to say. I, I just I love Halo Two. It's it's a I think Halo Two 10. would make it. I it's think Halo Two would make it. I don't. I. I'd have I would have I would have a I would have a really hard time putting it on there because they had a dope matchmaking system. You I know, don't, like, I think you're underrating the story a little bit, to be honest. I like the campaign is fun. Everybody played it. Everybody played through it. I'm working my way through it right now, so it's very fresh in my mind. But like the switching back and forth between Chief and the Arbiter was like that was a little weird. Yeah. So like, like I love that you know those questions when they say like you know if you could go back and re-experience a game or a movie or whatever a thing for the first time one of the things I oftentimes think about was I I don't know why it made such an impact on me when I first realized I was going to play as the arbiter in Halo 2 when I realized I was going to assume the role of somebody who had been on the other side of the conflict the whole time but it like really hit me like on a human level and I really predictable you know, and and I know a lot of people hated that it's moment. Very on, on brand for you. And you know, it's funny. It's there's there's another moment very very similar to this in another franchise that should at least be in the conversation, but doesn't get on the Mount Rushmore because it wasn't popular enough. A second, Metal Gear Solid did this similar thing where at the beginning of that game, they sort of pull the rug out from underneath you, and the main character isn't who you thought it was going to be. And both of those moments made a, a sort of profound impact on me in terms of expectations and um, shifting, putting you inside of another person's mind in order to tell a story from a different perspective that I thought was really powerful in both of those instances. So, oh, man. See, I have one that probably deserves to make my Mount Rushmore that I know won't make Drew's and probably shouldn't make AJ's either. And... Hit that's me. World of Warcraft. That's actually my, that's I where I had landed as my fourth one that I think yeah, does on I I truly believe that it deserves it. I mean between between the storytelling, uh between the the way that it became the MMO. How many yeah. times how, how many wow killers have been made? Every now? every new MMO is the wow killer. Like, right. 
There's no such thing as a wow killer because it can't die. (laughs) The only reason I'm apprehensive to put it on there is because of EverQuest, which was the OG MMO. You know, I just, I get, it doesn't have the longevity. It doesn't exactly, That's and I what don't. Makes, I, I don't even think. I, I I would say it doesn't even have the peak either. Right. I think so, it, I mean, it opened the MMO right, door. Right. EverQuest was the, uh, what's the word? I. It was the first in the in the genre, right? It, yeah. It created the the genre and and expanded the horizons. But WoW came yeah. in and and made everything better. It it had a twelve million subscriber base peak you know yeah, yeah no there's a to to go back to my franchise like you you can make all the arguments you want for dragon quest and fantasy star and even dungeons and dragons properties that all came first that my franchise stole from but final fantasy is final fantasy and wow is wow yeah and, and it, it's as just, it said <laughs> right it has the story of warcraft one two and three beforehand and it had the world building what is the um the virtue or the validity in just saying warcraft could you yeah could you i I think it all counts as one one universe universe that's a good way to put it yeah Yeah. so i think that's a perfect number four honestly for the list um really quickly i just want to share in the absurdity Maximum Super Mario Bros. number one is, of course, you you, you have to. Um, Legend oh, of Zelda as, number two. As a franchise. Yeah. Okay. Super Smash Bros. number three. That's why I brought it up. Uh, they got Super Smash Bros. number three. They got uh, Mario Kart number four. So yeah, that's three. just Mario. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the thing with that is that if you wanted to break Mario into subgenres, we'd be here all day. Yeah. yeah. Mario just needs to be Mario. Um, and that's... But- yeah, their five and six are are very real. Con- I was going to say these next yeah. two we need to discuss though, and that's Grand Theft Auto and Elder Scrolls. Uh, I was gonna, I was hoping to hear Resident Evil in there because I think that's an interesting conversation. Yeah, where is that? You know what? Can I just blow like the, the most irritating thing about this list? It doesn't have Final Fantasy anywhere in its top twenty five or thirty or whatever it is, but it does have Kingdom Hearts, which is maybe the stupidest thing. <laughs> I love Kingdom Hearts. I'm a I'm a defender of that objectively absurd franchise. But Maxim, what'd you do? Anyway, Grand Theft Auto Elder King, Kingdom Hearts, I think, goes on the same conversation as a game like or as a franchise like Devil May Cry. Yeah, yeah. Like like really fun for what it is. Uh, like modern day Ninja Gaidens, too. Like really fun for what they are. They provide a really thorough experience in the world that they give you. It's unlike anything else, really, and they're a lot of fun. And they were worth making multiple iterations, but uh, as like an all-time franchise, it's like no, it's yeah. fine. Yes. Yeah, you're not talking about Rushmore. You're just talking about hey, like this was a franchise I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, there are a couple, I want to get back to these two, but I also want to make this point because we were doing the sports stuff earlier and talking about different eras and how some of these, you know, they're still going on and and how do they finish or whatever. Some that still technically exist, but back when we were kids would have very easily been on the Mount Rushmore, but they're genres that aren't that popular anymore. And I'm not seeing on any of these lists, no Mega Man, 
no Castlevania. And look, I get it. They're not on the Mount Rushmore or whatever. Uh, but there was a time yeah. when, <laughs> when, and, and Castlevania probably has a little bit more like Symphony of the Night was. Mega Man. There you go. I'm, I'm saying. So it's kind of interesting. Um, what do you do? Like, how do you weigh Mega Man versus, say, Red Dead Redemption? Red Dead Redemption's overrated. Um, I mean, Mega Man... Mega Man, I think, more than anything else, was just a raw example of brilliant game design. Mm -hmm. It. I don't know how much it revolutionized things. Probably not. Because there were... I mean, it was just platformers back then were kind of the thing. Sure. It just there didn't... were tons of different kinds of platformers, and it didn't really its big thing was it didn't have a linear path. path. You could pick your bosses. Right. Oh, you had to that was part of the experience of Mega Man was figure out the order of bosses and weaknesses. That was a big that was a big thing. The Mega Man franchise I struggle with because I never felt like I experienced growth with it, right? Like you play Rockman X and you play Mega Man 9 and it's the same game just with different bosses, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want, okay. yeah. I, yeah. I I it's it's odd to me because I don't disagree with that how many of those games I find entertaining for slightly different reasons and it'll literally be like Oh, I'm gonna play Mega Man three instead of two because I want to hear the music from Mega Man three. But you're right in terms of the gameplay experience, there are slight tweaks, but you're it's not as revolutionary. Sure, you get this power up or that power up or whatever. Right. But whereas Castlevania and another franchise we haven't talked about, Metroid, literally had the whole genre named after them. Yep. Yeah. I, Metroid's an interesting one. Because Why does my phone keep doing this? <laughs> I think it's inviting you. There Dude, are it's there are very few franchises I think that survive the tale of longevity through the GameCube, and Metroid is one of the few that did. Yeah. Um. Other than that, you have basically. You know Mario as then Legend of Zelda as the other big ones, and you know the combination of Smash Bros. Obviously, but there are so many games on the GameCube that ended up forgotten, or even even something like Animal Crossing really didn't hit its stride until after the fact. So it's it's a console where you know historical game franchises. Either you were the juggernaut or you kind of faded out a little bit. And that's and that's a a bonus to Metroid in, in their standing in, in a ranking like this, in that it survived and even thrived with things like Metroid Prime, uh bringing it into a modern era for that that game, which I think is a big deal for these longer existing franchises is how have they adapted over the years. Games that defined franchises like Mario 64, why it stands out as this went from the most popular 2D side-scroller to a full 3D world revolutionizing the gaming industry. And that's a big deal. 
It did. I mean, it changed. Well, and that's that's kind of we haven't even really talked about it, other than acknowledging it's there. Like that's why Zelda's here too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Zelda has the the longevity, the overall quality. Even though, yeah. since you guys made the argument for Final Fantasy, uh, I, I, as somebody who's never been that into this the Zelda series, it's just so objectively quality. Um, it's also one of the things I've often pointed out about the Final Fantasy franchise, which I feel is almost unique across like artistic mediums. If you're talking about a writer or a director or a musician it's very difficult to do what the Final Fantasy series has done and change it up every single time. New world, new characters. Arguably, some of them are completely different genres, um, but have a similar sort of core theme. I don't think... I used to argue that Zelda doesn't do that at all, and I, I was wrong. Zelda doesn't do it in as extreme sort of surface-level ways, where every time you, you've got Link, you've got Zelda, you've got Ganondorf, typically... Um, it, certain themes that are always there, but the reinvention inside of those parameters is absolutely staggering. A Link to the Past and Wind Waker are completely different experiences. Uh, and and I, I think it's extraordinary that that franchise has accomplished that while its aesthetics have to adhere to so many strict rules. Like Final Fantasy can go from looking like a medieval game to a super futuristic science fiction game. And, and they can kind of play with all of that stuff, but you have to have green haired, pointy eared, better have a boomerang. And you know, there better be three hit monsters. There's so many boxes you have to check that they continually reinvent how platform gaming works blows yeah. my mind. It's, that reinvention is is a big deal. If you're uh, to be a franchise with longevity, you have to be able to reinvent yourself multiple times. Um, that's where Halo runs into some trouble. That's why Halo One, Two, and Three are considered some of the best games of all time. And then you get into the rest of Halo. And don't get me wrong, I understand people younger than me grew up with the Halo reaches and love them and for their own reasons, but the story is just is. It, there isn't that same level of attachment. And Zelda, every single time they release a game, they have a story that sucks you in. They have a story where you want to know what happens next, even though you know at the end of the day Link's going to kill Ganondorf and that's it. They still draw you in. And um. It's a special ability that Nintendo and a select few on the PlayStation side managed to pull off. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing to me that, that Square, even through their merger with Enix, and some people would totally disagree with that. I, I don't think they've done it to the same amount of success, but I don't think you can argue that they've stopped reinventing, that they, they, they keep trying new things um and, and i think they're finding their footing again ouroboros i'm not sure any of us are honestly with the way we think about gaming gonna put tetris or pong or any of those early innovators yeah um into a it. conversation like this you know uh, thanks for what you've done but um yeah it's tetris was a great game 
you know, it, it has its place in, in gaming history, but at the end of the day, you're, you're just dropping blocks down fast. Right. There isn't the, the storytelling side, the longevity of the game as a unique force. It's not there. It just isn't. Um, I'll, I'll do, we, we sort of brushed over these two uh, while AJ is getting his delivery. Uh, we got uh, The Elder Scrolls. Let's start with that because I know he's got more to say about GTA probably than I do. Um, I think Elder Scrolls is a top 10 franchise. I, I think I would probably have it probably right around 10th, um, even though I'm not as big into open world games. But again, it's like you can't argue with the successes of Skyrim and Oblivion before it. I was a huge fan of Morrowind, which anyone who played it, they know. Was great. So it's like, where are their misses? You know, There is an argument to be made that Morrowind is the greatest open world game ever. Wow. Just because, and people will agree with this, people will disagree with it in the sense that Morrowind felt like you were playing in a world. There was no waypoint to follow. There was no go do this quest to follow the main storyline. You just went out there. People told you stuff and you inferred what you wanted from it and you did what you thought you wanted to do. If you wanted to kill a main character in that game, you could kill a main character and ruin the storyline forever. That <laughs> like that was awesome to me. And and the Elder Scrolls especially with Skyrim did hit that permeation level into the main consciousness of, of transcending beyond video games and things like that. It was one of the first video games my wife ever actually played all the way through. So it, it has that staying power. I would say of one of those all time franchises, you lose a little bit. People aren't as familiar with one and two. The first, uh, the first couple, Daggerfall, and oh, I can't even remember the first one. I can't um, even. Um, so, my point exactly being, it doesn't quite have that longevity that the ones that probably deserve to make Mount Rushmore do. But nonetheless, you know, in, in 10, 15 years, depending on Elder Scrolls Six and and you know how people feel about ESO online and things like that. It it could be. It could be the one of the games that the that makes the Mount Rushmore of future generations. Yeah. Uh, do you have strong feelings on Grand Theft Auto? Because it's never been my franchise. I know AJ's really into it and it's just not for me. Um I have not played the modern ones as much as most people. Uh, really like Vice City back in the day. This same. was that was the only one I kind of dug. Yeah, and and that was it, it's kind of the same story, right? That was one where it was like, wait a minute, you mean I get guns in an open world? I, I'm playing, I guess, really a third person shooter where I can run around and do whatever I want, and that felt fun. It yeah. it, it it was a lot of fun, but it did not have that it factor it didn't feel like i was playing something truly unique or truly changing the game for me to the point where honestly i, th I thought the stories were very well laid out and they had a bunch of unique things in that regard but i don't know it, maybe this is more of just a personal feeling for for me but it didn't have that suck me in factor to where i just did not ever want to put the controller down with that game so 
Yeah, I I felt the same. I, I never really dove that heavily into any of them. I knew people who were into it. Obviously, I remember them being controversial back in the day. Um, but yeah, no, no, it, it is <laughs> growing up did hurt the GTA franchise for me. Yeah. And all the, all the news that came out with four and five, where there was talk about uh, Rockstar actually paying news agencies to talk bad about the game to generate hype and it actually creates more sales for them that way and you know Um, once you lift the curtain on that stuff you kind of go oh it's it's just business yeah yeah well we can jump back into it when aj gets back on if he wants to i'm sure he'll have more to say i was gonna say he can add to the to that and to this one because he had mentioned it before as i'm just sort of running through this other list uh resident evil probably belongs again near the top 10 all right resident evil and gta aj hit us with it um resident evil great for its genre yeah it's niche um when they had to come out of its own niche, like with five and became more of an action game. Yeah. I kind of, for me, that was all you need to know about its staying power. Those kinds of games just weren't popular anymore. So it had to yeah. do something. Yeah. Yep. Um, cool that it innovated. I loved five. Six was a huge piece of trash. horrible horrible experience playing six and so many like little sub games in it as well like resident evil 2x you know whatever whatever like like it's like final fantasy tactics like what the hell is this oh that game's awesome (laughs) yeah i like tactics too (laughs) but it's just like you're just like what it's like chocobo dungeon (laughs) yeah like where where, where did this come from um gta why doesn't that work though for a game like that whereas you have franchises like mario which could literally make whatever the hell type of game it wants and it's gonna slam dunk you mean like me sitting here being like why isn't there a mario hockey yeah exactly exactly (laughs) marble racing make it happen (laughs) mario marble race they what they should just do with the marble racing is just put Logos on Mario each of the marbles with a Mario sticker or whatever. Oh, you, y'all don't know. All right. Marbles on stream is a thing. Oh, no. I'm I'm fully aware of this. That is, I that's, am fully aware. I don't know why we don't play that on the DNVR account on like Saturdays or something. I know. We should. I mean, I'm down. <laughs> God, this Maxim list is absolutely terrible. What, uh, what did I, what all did I miss? Some apologies for that. Just I had a visitor at my house. GTA and Elder Scrolls. Uh, Elder Scrolls would be all you guys. So it's a good thing I missed okay. We covered that and we kind of said, AJ will have more to say about GTA. <laughs> yeah, GTA, um, a master class in world building, um, open op- crafting an open world. The fact that I can fire up a GTA just to drive around and listen to the radio. I don't, I don't, I don't know that you can do that in any other video game that you can do such an inane task and get the same level of entertainment out of it because they took the time. They have full radio programs that they, that they recorded hours worth of radio programs that they've, that they recorded for that game. Yep. 
and the the insane amount of dialogue walking down the street and talking to people, punching people, robbing people, being perfectly pleasant to people. It does it totally different interactions, same person, different a random NPC on the street, 25 different lines of dialogue programmed for them. Just an absolute masterclass in feeling dropping you into a world and making it feel like a real world like in a relatable world not a fantasy world not a skyrim level where you're like i can't find this anywhere on earth you get dropped into a los santos or something and you're like oh i could physically go to this place i could walk around the city and talk to these people and witness the insane levels of crime that take place here (laughs) like that's I, I I think GTA. I think you could make a really cogent argument for GTA on a Mount Rushmore, because even though, uh, I mean, it's been around for a long time, it innovated. Do you guys remember early GTAs were top down? Yeah, one and two were top down. And I don't know if you guys ever played on the one of the one of the Nintendo handhelds, but it was called Chinatown Wars. Nope, totally different than other GTAs. Extremely fun. Yeah, had like a co-op element to it. Was so cool. Do you totally think it's a, is it a top ten franchise for you? That's kind of what I did with Elder oh, Scrolls. I geez. sort of stuck it at ten for me. So I think it's a top five franchise in gaming history, just because of its wow. its its impact. Yeah. Would we have games like Skyrim if GTA had not been successful switching to the massive open world model that it did? I don't. I don't know. Maybe, huh? but GTA. You know, Rockstar with the GTA franchise when it switched to in GTA three that that kind of open world, and and said, "Hey, play the game however you want." Changed yeah. gaming. Yeah, it it gave gamer. There were already non linear games in existence, but there wasn't anything like that. Right. You know, yeah. like like Mega Man was non linear because you could choose your boss. Yeah. But right, right, but yeah, you only had so many of those that you could choose from. Every every decision was the same. It was just where you were going. The destination was different. In GTA, you could you and I, the three of us, could sit down right now on a fresh file of GTA and do completely different things. Not see each other for forty hours straight up, yeah. like and yeah. just go through it at our own pace. You know, we'll, let's let's say we each play a GTA for for forty hours. We play the same. We could come back, take notes, timestamp everything that all the times that we did the missions. What time? When did we unlock this part of the city or whatever? And they'd be completely different because it's it's a GTA opened up options in gaming in a way no franchise really ever had before. It opened up. It opened up player freedom. Yeah. And the yeah. way that LeBron James opened up power player <laughs> player empowerment in sports by deciding he was going to do whatever the hell he wanted and forever changed NBA's landscape. Rockstar kind of did the same thing. They gave they empowered players to play however they wanted in the GTA games and while there are limitations like the first several you couldn't swim for some reason. You could do anything else but as soon as you touched water your guy was like, "Nah, I'm done." <laughs> Like there were limitations, but for the most part, you could do whatever you wanted. You could be who you wanted. You could, I mean, there are communities of people out there that follow the rules, follow the laws. 
play GTA as straight up as they the absolutely most insane can. Insane thing ever watching people drive the speed limit in GTA. I, I mean, I red lights. My 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 fiance exposed me to a whole world of people that on a daily basis use GTA as a massive role playing playground. Yep. They take yep. on role playing roles and they play these roles for months at a time on these closed dedicated servers and that's all they that's what they use it for. It's insane the way that GTA opens up different things that you want to do with players. And I think I I think we could getting to our original question, I I think GTA and Warcraft have very strong arguments for our last Rushmore the spot. The fourth spot, yeah. Yeah. It just reminded me, remember back when every news report and documentary about video gaming was about Second Life? Anyway. Oh, the worst game ever made. <laughs> did you guys ever play it? No. It was, I did. I was curious. It was bad. Yeah. I've, people yeah. made a shit ton of money off of that. The funniest yeah. thing, I one of the funniest video game pranks of all time was when uh, a real life like television personality goes into Second Life and created the same life <laughs> that they're and already then, living. <laughs> and then tried to and then tried to interview people in Second Life oh, yeah. to like spice up their show. And they advertised it like crazy and people bombarded the interview with penises. Yep. Yep. Well, sure. And it was, they had to shut the whole thing down and it was <laughs> insanely funny. Yeah. <laughs> it may not have been like a penguin level of funny, but it was insanely funny. Uh, <laughs> we need of to watch more, more of meme games. Me- meme games. So let's do this real quick. Maybe we can't do this really quick. I was going to say, because I feel like we've got our Mount Rushmore, though. We're, we're sort of back and forth between a couple there in that fourth spot. But I wondered if we could just sort of solidify that top 10, though. Wanted to look through and make sure that there were none of these that we felt we needed to talk about. I'm going to go rapid order here. If you need me to stop, say stop. Diablo, Uncharted, Tetris, Pac-Man, Star Fox, Bioshock, God of War. Bioshock, just real quick, I actually thought about when we first started this topic. It's just the one game, though. I haven't played it. I haven't played Infinite, so I don't have experience with that, and I don't. Bioshock good, Two didn't exist. At most, so. it's, the, it's the two games. At most, it's the two games. There it's... are. Go ahead. No, I'm changing the topic. So finish. Oh, basically, basically, uh, Bioshock was an in, an incredible idea, incredible writing, incredible use of sound, incredible atmospheric gameplay. It just, uh, it didn't change anything. It, it was a great, I put Bioshock in the same category that I put Shadow of the Colossus. An, ex, an extremely satisfying experience. Yeah. That is unlike most any other gaming experience out there. Not an in, in, in all time great in kind of its own world. Right. Yeah. But not a not in a not a mount not a top ten not yeah, a goat. Not I would a, agree with that. Yeah, not the franchise does not sit in those in those levels of history. 
Agreed. Where were you going, Rudo? So I was going to say none of these top ten lists include esports. Um, oh. There are very real cases, probably not on Mount Rushmore, but in a top ten to include games like StarCraft franchise, like the. You'd have a hard time with MOBAs, whether you want to pick League or Dota or, or Han or whatever. Um, but God, you, Heroes you, of New Earth, man, that <laughs> is a deep cut, my friend. Um, uh, let me let me do a quick setup for you, and then I gotta run and grab something so you, so the two of you can have this conversation while I come back. But here's where I think we are. I think we've got our, our top four. Let's just say WoW is there, whether it's WoW or GTA at four or five. Let's just. I think say we've got a top five. Yeah, five is there. Uh, we, Rudo and I both argued got it. for Elder Scrolls in the top 10. I don't know that I'd put it at sixth, but I feel like it's in there. If that gives us six games, we've got four franchise spots open here to decide what we want to put in there. Um, have at it. Let's begin. Oh, a couple others that I don't think any of these are going to make it in there, but just from the list, Tomb Raider, Street Fighter, Assassin's Creed. Um, and the rest of these we've all talked about Mortal Kombat, Metal Gear, Sonic just it doesn't have the staying power so four franchises I, for our top ten I think there's a really strong argument for Metal, Metal Gear Solid yeah Bro, I agree oh, okay now we okay you make the case because it's in my own personal top five but I don't know that it's had the gaming impact it's not as popular but play well, it's, it's mostly just that Five was the last one, right? And five came out. I was I, I was dating my high school sweetheart when five came out. Right, 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 right. So you're talking like this. It's just a. It was a franchise that was outrageously popular. Yep. And then just stopped. Like disappeared. They, basically, well, yeah. they they ended the story, and they were like, "Okay, we're good." And they basically stopped right. after that. Like they were just like, "Okay, we found our endpoint, and now we moved on." But I, I, I mean, in terms of its gameplay, like it, its characters, like there's a reason that Solid Snake is was incredibly popular, and and one of the most requested additions to Smash Brothers until it happened. Yep. Like they went out and made that happen because it was he, he was so wanted. Yeah. Like I think that right there speaks to the popularity of it that. You know, this this wasn't Nintendo digging into its own catalog. They were listening to fans who said, "We want this dude in the game." Yep. And yeah. like those games on their own are amazing cinematic experiences, cutscenes, storytelling, character development, uh, being able to tell a story from different angles, and like the gameplay. It was good. It was good for what it was. It's it's kind of I I think of it kind of in the same terms of. Uh, the, the like the Rainbow Six games, you know, like right. really good long running franchise of a, a quality quality games, just just rock solid quality games all across its history, and there isn't a bad game in in the franchise's right. history, right? And when yep. you have we have we have as many games as there were in that franchise, just because we haven't seen one in fifteen years doesn't mean we should forget about that. Right. And how many franchises have overstayed their welcome or TV shows or whatever have gone well past? Right. Yeah. Well, knowing when to end it has value. Looking, looking at, look at Tony Hawk Pro Skater as a great example of that. The first couple of games were incredible. That's why they're only remaking one and two. 
But then Activision sunk its hooks in there and decided it needed to make one every damn year. And it, it bled the market dry. We didn't care anymore. Oh, wow, another one's out already? It's, you know, it was Call of Duty before Call of Duty existed. So there's value in understanding the 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 quality of a franchise. And if somebody doesn't want to keep making it, don't keep making it. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like, why did it stop? Because Hideo Kojima decided it was over. Uh, and then they even still kind of finished one after the fact, which was fishy. But MGS5 was, was good. Uh, so there, there's no real issues there. But Hideo Kojima is a genius of our industry of the whole, like, if you want to celebrate an individual, that guy is is the Quentin Tarantino of video games. Uh, so I, I would put Metal Gear Solid in my top 10 easily. I was surprised to hear both of you say you would. So I, I think it, I think you could make a good argument for Metal being in Gear. the top 10. Yeah, because if you include the early games, like there's some decent Nintendo and Super Nintendo games with Solid Snake or Snake that were Metal Gear. Throwing Metal Gear Rising. That game was, that game was cool. It was dope. It was stupid. It was, it was so cool, though. But like those games are crazy. Hideo Kojima has the mind of a, I don't know what. But He's a madman. Yeah. It's, it's real. It's very real. All right. Yeah. I'm going to let you two hash out then the last three. Start the conversation on the last three spots. I feel like we've got seven franchises we feel pretty good about. I, I mean, I think that. I think if we're going to – talking in the top ten, I mean, it's hard to keep a Resident Evil out, right? Probably. I mean, just – it's one of those franchises that has the staying power, right? It's been around does. for so long, and it has so many iterations that keep being successful. Mm-hmm. I, I Resident Evil also. I mean, I don't. I don't know where we are on some of these, but what about like, uh, like Kirby? Uh, Kirby, I just don't think quite makes the top ten for me. Okay, we don't have Metroid in here yet, and I think we should have Metroid in the top ten. Metroid is definitely one. Um, oh, here's one. How about the Civilization franchise? P.S. Epic Games launcher. The Epic Games Store giving is giving away six, right six now. Yeah, free, so I need to I need to get on that and uh, get mine before I forget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean that is you're talking about a franchise that you know the ones that kind of transcend the the gamer purview. You could get into a Civilization Six. You could get into The Sims games that regular non-gamer people play. What? So Civ? What? What do you call Civ? A turn-based strategy. If we're gonna put Civ into that box, then I don't think it can make it. Yeah. Just turn based, not going to do it because then I mean, if you think, I, I think, uh, if you turn like a turn based strategy game like that, you would have to bring in the Fire Emblem series as well, yeah. That's because fair. you remember, I mean, Fire Emblem has been there are 10, 12 of those games, yeah. We can't hear you, Drew. In Japan, Fire Emblem would be on their Mount Rushmore. Yeah, well, and so would what Dragon Warrior? Dragon Quest. It would be yeah. Final Dragon, Quest, yeah. Dragon Warrior, Fire Emblem, right. and Pokemon. It's <laughs> <laughs> starting. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, Civ is at least. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad that's yeah a part of the conversation. I, I I would say no, but I would say somewhere in the top 25 for sure. Yeah, 
I think that's fair. Um, okay, so we added Metroid, Drew. Metroid. So we've got two left. Halo? I still, I still, okay, Halo for sure. Yeah, Halo's in there, definitely. Yeah, I don't I know like, where. Eight. Yeah, Halo, we're, but, so we're down to one spot. Let me count Mario Zelda, Final Fantasy, War of Warcraft, GTA, Metal Gear Solid, Metroid, Halo. We've got two spots. Unless I missed one. Okay. Two spots. Um, I mean, the Elder Scrolls would be in mine, but I think oh, I as much yeah. as as much as I don't like uh, those games for sure. I would. I think it's fair to add those. Yeah, I think that so. One so spot. Then. One spot left, and this is where I think I make the argument again for the Half Lives. Hmm. I oh. can understand why. I can understand why you guys are going to say no, but it had a massive impact. The, the games. Absolutely. The series and its lack of a Half-Life 3 and... This is fair. Yeah, I'm I'm with Bruto there. Number 11 on Maxim's list is a franchise I don't think we've mentioned yet. I just was scrolling through for last second. What did we miss? Fallout? It's weird. I was just thinking about Fallout when you guys were talking about Elder Scrolls. And I, I, I feel the same way about Fallout as I do... Uh, like Mass Effect, um, not quite the like 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 a, a very good franchise, a popular franchise, an all time great. Yeah, all out. I would put Resident Evil ahead of Fallout for sure. Yeah, Fallout was better with Obsidian. Than Bethesda, so well Bethesda's terrible, so no surprise. But I, I think that um, look, if they can release a game that doesn't have game breaking glitches in it, uh, I, it <laughs> I, I will, I will give them some credit. But from a technical standpoint, they're a horrific developer. But anyway, um, I think my the three franchises that stick out to me that are not on this list so far. Uh, I've got Mega Man, Resident Evil, and Castlevania. I'll throw one out that is nowhere near AJ's list, I know for sure, but The Witcher. Man, those are... Uh, I gotta play I, more of those. Same, same, same. For me, similar to, like, God of War, Uncharted. Yep. All those in types that of top 25 like, kind of thing. Yeah. Tomb Raider, like, yeah. really good, a really good couple of games. Ten years from now, how are we going to feel about that franchise if they don't ever make another one? Yeah, that's another thing for sports reporters that have been no Madden, no Two K, no the show, and I don't think they belong in the conversation. No, no, just definitely not. Like, <laughs> just super just, different. Like, yeah, we could have a sports only list because it's sports games are just they have a completely different goal. Right. Here, one might be not- to pull Smash Bros back into the conversation at tenth again. Smash yeah. Bros, I think. Smash Bros. at 10, I think, is a really fair conversation. Um, I would throw Dark Souls into the ring as well. But I yeah. wouldn't. Again, Mass Effect, Tomb Raider, all those, right. God of War, and, Uncharted. And, and when you're hitting 10, clearly we're all cutting off into our own branches of gaming at this point. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what the 10th spot has. I might actually concur with AJ and go old school and slot Castlevania. In there, I'm comfortable um, with the innovator there. Yeah, 
I was seeing, I was leaning more towards Mega Man because Mega Man, Mega Man had some great, it, it innovated within itself and then came back 20 years later and was insanely popular again. Right. Um, so Even my if argument, it didn't innovate. Yeah, my, my argument in favor of Castlevania is one, the best game in either of those franchises is clearly Symphony of the Night. Oh. Um, and I... It, and this is sort of closer to your Pokemon argument. Is this related to the Castlevania video oh, game? Oh, God, we forgot Pokemon. Know? Oh, shit. Okay, well, never mind. Pokemon is <laughs> top 10. Yeah. So now we're just talking about 11. But to finish my thought on <laughs> Castlevania... <laughs> look, look, folks, when, a, <laughs> when someone comes in and hits a bicycle kick over your head, why a soccer analogy? I don't know. Triple Deke, what do we do? Take it, fake it, score... Pokemon is is a top ten video yeah. game franchise. Yeah. Not ridiculous yeah. people. Um, Castlevania shout out for the quality of your Netflix show. Uh, for so the good. video games, there a lot of video games have tried to branch out into shows or movies, and Pokemon had a little bit of an in because it could be mostly aimed at kids. Though I will say, some of the Pokemon stuff and even the Detective Pikachu movie was good. Like I like Detective Pikachu. It was it's good. Good. If you don't cry at the good. first Pokemon movie, are you even alive? Like, right. It's, like, so it's the, like not getting emotional during Rudy. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> so the list of video game franchises that have successfully branched out into television shows or movies are Pokemon and Castlevania, I think. I think there are a couple of decent Final Fantasy movies, but they're like directly related to their games, they don't. I mean, I like the, the first like Resident Evil movie or two. I thought were enjoyable. Okay. They were a little absurd, but yeah. they were they were fun. Well, anyway, as long as I you're mean, not like the Zelda series, you're doing okay. <laughs> so bad. I um, Drew, did you ever play the handheld Castlevanias? I played one of them way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, the 3DS ones because yeah, Circle of the Moon I think is what I played. Circle of the Moon is dope. Those games, there were three of them, and they were all excellent. Yeah, yeah. The the Castlevania franchise, I love. There's a new game that's not called Castlevania, but it's very clearly just a gigantic ripoff of Castlevania on purpose. So its legacy lives on, even though, like Mega Man, it's like. They're kind of all the same game in a way. It's amazing that they continue to find ways to innovate inside of that. But yeah, our, our top 10 got solidified. We got it there. We got Mario, Zelda, Final Fantasy, World of Warcraft, Grand Theft Auto, Elder Scrolls, Metroid, Halo, Pokemon, what are, and one that, and Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Or Metal yeah. Gear. Yeah. yeah, Metal Gear. That's our top 10. With we did it. 15 other games all vying for 11, but it's really interesting. And then trying to actually order those would be a whole other. Oh, the, the six to 10. Let's do it. Possible. Yeah. Bust out the bracket maker. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, baby. Uh, I can't believe Maxim didn't even have final fantasy on the list. Anyway, uh, I think that's, that's good for now. We'll have to jump into our other conversation. This was fun. This was a, yeah. this was a, we, we went from Mount Rushmore to a top ten, yeah. <laughs> real fast. <laughs> well, like, it was like, I was like, we got it. We just have to. Well, it's like it's like Mount Rushmore's got four spots on it. We got three of them right off the top, yeah. and no, with no argument whatsoever. Right. 
And then it was a six-way battle for that fourth spot. And you <laughs> any of Pokemon, Halo, Metroid, Metal Gear, any of them you could put and slot and onto that uh, Mount Rushmore, I think. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks, everyone, for hanging out for all of that. Uh, in the future, we will have more conversations about video game movies and video games that never even existed and all kinds of other stuff. So hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want us to talk about. Give us your own Mount Rushmore of video games. You can hit us up on DNVR underscore gaming on Twitter. Make sure you're following the Twitch account. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and resubscribe if it's uh, expired, by the way, using uh, your free Amazon Prime if you've got that. If not, just check out, subscribe, and it's always good. We've had a lot of stuff on that Twitch uh, channel over the last several days. Uh, it's been a whole lot of fun doing these. Check us next week for the video game podcast, usually on Thursday afternoons. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's all we've got for you today. Make sure you're following everybody on social media. Subscribe into the DNVR.com and play that WGT Golf. Download it for free on your phone or laptop. For Rudo and AJ, I have been Drew Creaseman. You've been awesome, and we will see you next time.